March 2nd, 2022, we're in Masechet Sanhedrin, Andaf Nunhe Amud Bet, we're two, four, five lines from the top. If you recall very briefly, the context is important, less important than where we're going, but the context is important because we'll return to it. The Mishnah had, at the end, two reasons that were seemingly mentioned for why, in a circumstance where a person has uh, relations with uh, what's called Mishkat Behema, with an animal, in that circumstance, not only is the person put to death, but the animal as well. So the Mishnah initially mentioned what appeared to be one reason, and then in the next reason, in those words, Davar Acher, it seemed to mention two reasons, reiterating the first one, Again, which means to say, first it seemed to mention takala. In other words, this was a circumstance where this animal brought to sin. It's a stumbling block of sorts, and as a result, that's why it's removed from this world and killed. And then in the davaracher, it mentions, well, it mentions a new reason that this is an embarrassment and a shame for the person going forward. If the animal's marching through the marketplace, people point to it and remember that person's wrongdoing. But while mentioning that as well, it was understood what his wrongdoing was. In other words, that there's takala as well. So the Gemara questioned that. The Gemara said, well, it appears as if from the davaracher, from the last line of the Mishnah, I really could derive both reasons both kalon, that embarrassment, and takala, the stumbling block. So what was the initial reference where it seemed to just mention one of them for? So the Gemara's suggestion was initially that that first reference was for when a non-Jew has relations with an animal. If a non-Jew has relations with an animal, do you put the animal to death? On the one hand, there is what we call takala, it did bring to sin. On the other hand, there is not kalon, that shame, that embarrassment, for one of several reasons we mentioned yesterday, wouldn't be referred to in the context of an animal. Maybe that's what it's referring to, that even in that situation, you put the animal to death. The Gemara said, no, I tell you that that's not what it's referring to. So then what is it referring to? It's referring to a different situation where you'll only have one of takala and kalon without both, and over there you put to death the animal as well. What sort of situation is that? If a Yisrael, I know, Charlie, hard to imagine, if Yisrael were bishog, gig to have relations with the animal, in such a situation there might be, there will be kalon, it'll be shameful going forward for the person, however to describe it as takala might be difficult because to describe it as a sin which was brought upon by the animal almost in a purposeful fashion, well it's not really what you're dealing with, we wouldn't imagine it envisioned as a situation of takala because it's bishogeg. Because it's Bishogig. Says the Gemara, that in truth was a safik. That issue, now keep in mind, we really have two issues then that we're uncertain about. We don't know if that first of two mentions in the Mishnah is coming to attack A, an animal with a non Jew, or B, a Jew, a Jew with the animal Bishogig. Ultimately speaking, we won't be able to resolve it from our Mishnah because we'll keep saying, well, maybe it's really referring to that one or alternatively, it's referring to the other one. In other words, we'll never be able to prove sufficiently from our Mishnah the halachan, either one of those two circumstances because we'll say it's open to both interpretations, either what we call kalon belita kala or takala belita kalon. Those are each viable options. Says the Gemara, you should know this was a question which Rav Hamnuna had about a circumstance where the person, bishogeg, he doesn't know the halachan, has relations with the animal. Says the Gemara, two words before the end of the line here, five lines from the top, Rav Hamnuna. In truth, this second case that we've been discussing today is a safik, is a question. He had a question, Rav Hamnuna did. Rav Hamnuna, Rav Hamnuna, after all, had the following question. Yisrael al Here it is, a circumstance of a Jewish person. Those relations, Bishogeg doesn't realize, for some reason, that it's Asur, it's forbidden from the Torah to have those relations. What's the halakha? 
halacha in such a circumstance. Certainly, we know how to deal with a sinner bishogeg. We know about the korban, the korban hatat that they'll bring. What about the animal? In that circumstance, on the one hand, takala vekalon ba'inan. On the one hand, do you need, do we necessitate both takala and kalon, that the animal stands as a stumbling block to sin, to wrongful activity, we'll call that bimezid, as well as kalon, as well as embarrassment over here in this circumstance. This person did it accidentally. You're not going to point to the animal and say, that animal, that animal is bringing people off the path. It was bishogeg, and as a result, we won't envision the animal, but there is kalon. There is embarrassment. Or alternatively, and in this circumstance where you only have one, maybe we won't put the animal to death. Or Dilma, or perhaps, perhaps we do put to death the animal just for the reality of Kalon. That was a Safiq of Rav Hamnuna. Again, remember, we have this reference in the Mishnah to, well, sometimes you'll put to death the animal when it only has one. It's still takala. It's an interesting, interesting point. It's hard to pinpoint what takala, how we define takala. For, for my purposes, for my understanding of takala means that this is, this was the embodiment of sin. If it was bishogeg, it's not the embodiment of sin. You're right, not necessarily everybody knows and understands, but we can't point to this animal and say the embodiment of sin was that it was bishogeg, it was the person, it was accidental, whatever. Well, that's, that's a claim against takala in general. Yeah. In general, you'll say, uh, but, but again, again, you know, to, to, you know, uh, to almost you envision in such... That's the stumbling block. You'll walk by and you look but at this, the embodiment of sin. So I guess, yeah, I, I, guess, I guess the claim then, Nathan, needs to be that, yes, people will be able to or people will know in some way or fashion. This was only done by Shogeg. It's still an embarrassment, still shameful for the person. Keep in mind, Shogeg must have been at some point a little bit more, more public. You were bringing these korbanot to the Mikdash. People had to find out about it in some way, shape, or form. As a distinction of the Gemara, says the Gemara, I'll bring a proof for Rav Hamnunaz Safik. We were yesterday dealing with the non-Jew. Today we're dealing with the Jew Bishogeh, Gamar of Yosef Tashema. Says Rav Yosef, I'll bring you a proof from the following Mishnah. It's Mishnah Masechet Nida. Mishnah will deal with, first, a, the minimum age of a woman with regards to what we call Ma'asebiya. In other words, when do we consider it an act, halakhically speaking? And then the minimum age of a man uh, for ma'asebiya. We've mentioned these ages in the past. We said for a man it's nine years, and for a woman it's three years. Three years. Six is badat, perhaps, or six or seven. But when we're dealing with ma'asebiya, the reason three, which seems very, very young, a three is the age where the rabbis determined or decided that's when she loses her bitulim, which means to say if she had relations at that age, her virginity, her physical sign of virginity is lost. Before that age, the understanding is it will be restored. So she'll be able to heal in some way and get it back. After the age of three, I don't know. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't, it doesn't matter because that's their distinction. That's their marking point. So even if one of two things, either if they had some sort of different reality or whatever the situation, it doesn't matter. No, 
Uh, it's, it's, a good, it's a good point to address. It, it happens to be the Gemara even challenges the reality, quote-unquote, on the ground. But here's my general principle in all these sorts of matters. I, I said it a minute ago. It doesn't matter. Why do I say it doesn't matter? So very briefly, really very briefly, not the issue. For example, spontaneous generation on Shabbat, uh, with regards to kinim on Shabbat, the Talmud, the Gemara Masechet Shabbat says, you're allowed to kill kinim, types of uh, lice on Shabbat. You're allowed to kill lice on Shabbat. Not let a netilat neshama is asur on Shabbat. Says the Gemara, the only animals you're not allowed to kill are similar to those which were used in the Mishkan, which were pareviraveh, which means to say they reproduce in a regular sexual fashion. Kinim, says the Gemara, these these, these lice beings, the Gemara doesn't say it explicitly, but it's clear this Gemara is saying, they are not pareviravi, they spontaneously generate. That's the statement in the Gemara. As a result, if you see whatever those lice pieces are, not parosh, say the hachamim, but kinim, you're allowed to kill them on Shabbat. But wait a second, do we have such a reality today? It's true, once upon a time there was a vision, there was a belief in the world among scientists that matters could spontaneously generate from, says Rashi, from the sweat in your hair, these lice can come about. It's just, we know, we know today, scientifically it's not so. Does that, should that cause some sort of panic and uh, schism in our uh, well-being uh, and, and thought and understanding of Divrei Hachamim? So I always think not. It, but hang on one second. It doesn't matter. Hang on one second. I know your humrot. I understand. I, I know the humrah of saying that it matters. However, and I'm serious about this matter when I say when I say it, I say it's it, it's all right. It's going to take a minute. It's going to take a minute, and we'll, we could continue it afterwards. It goes like this: the halacha is ultimately determined by their judgment, their understanding. That's going to be the halakha forevermore. And as a result, to the extent that even if their reality was A, B, different than ours, or B, they understood it differently or even wrongfully in terms of science, it doesn't change the halakha per se. Now, we could turn back, and this is what some do today, and try to, try to match it with our reality and say the following. It's a, very, it's a very valiant effort, but it's not necessary, but it makes people feel more comfortable. They say, well, their reality was such that, just like ours, you can't actually see it. It's so small when they reproduce, we consider that as if it's spontaneously generating. You could make such a claim, and the halakha goes by the naked eye, and you don't see that with the naked eye. But again, I tell you, even if you woke up, in the middle of the night, and they would not interpret it to you that way, the halakha would remain. Yes, Mars, I am going to be mekil based on this understanding, as opposed to mahmir, as it appears you would be. So what I'm saying is, in turn, over here, the three years and the hasharat bitulim doesn't need to match up with the reality on the ground. It needs to be. That's the way the hachamim determined it. Now you say to me that we're giving them too much power. We're not. We're giving them power within the system of halakha. That's what we expect. So you're going to say, but it doesn't match with the reality as I know it. All right, it matches with whatever their understanding of reality was. And that's the way it So you'll say, lastly, but we have Vinyan Bet HaMikdash and we have Sanhedrin being restored and so forth. Could it, would it change? Then the answer might be yes. But in the meantime, it doesn't get me down. It's an alternate reality of halakha, which is not predicated upon although it might be, uh, what the science on the ground necessarily is. That's the general direction and understanding. That's the way I, I bridge these two worlds. What's that? 
applies very often, and it's very often a point where people have uh, have these crises of, of faith. How can I claim that I'm following this system of halacha if sometimes it's based upon uh, a reality which doesn't seem to match my life, doesn't seem to match the world, or maybe I never did. For me, there's no dichotomy over there. It's two separate realities. And yes, I can accept, so using the words of, of Rav Dessler, I did go too long on this. It says Rav Dessler, says they were working with, if you want to say it, it's a more religious terminology, but it's saying the same thing ultimately, they're working with tradition on what it is. Why it is they didn't always have tradition. So they knew, for example, Kinim, you're allowed to kill on Shabbat. That's his terminology. They knew that X, Y, and Z are true. Now, for the reason, the rationale, so they worked with the science of their time to try to interpret it. But that doesn't change what the halacha is. All right, anyway, says the Gemara of Yatashema, listen to the following Mishnah from Masech Nida. Bat shaloshanim veyom echad. If there's a woman, who's, or a girl, who's three days old. Mitkadeshet bibiyah. her father brings her, in a very strange circumstance, but whatever the situation is, to a man and says, well, have relations with her and then she can be yours as, a, uh, as an engaged woman. Indeed it is so. That would be her status. She would be mitkadesh. Of course, kiddushin refers to the first stage, not nisuin, which is afterwards, marriage. It's the engagement. Mitkadesh at the Mishnah, at the beginning of Masechet Kiddushin, says a woman has kiddushin in one of three ways. Bekesef, bishtar, or bibiyah. Kesef, of course, what we do today under the chupa. Hareat mekudesh, either bechasp with something. That's kesef shtar means on a document it says harayat mekudeshili and you hand transfer that to a woman. We don't do that any longer. And bi'ah, we don't do any longer either. That's with a ma'aseh bi'ah in such a circumstance, such a situation. It could be mekadesh a woman as well. A woman who's only three days old, mitkadeshet bi'ah. But wait a second, she's so small. Her father has rights to her in this context before she's of age. And the bi'ah is considered bi'ah. Before she's three years old, it's not considered bi'ah. It's not kiddushin. yavam kan'ah. If the Yavam, if she was already married or engaged to someone from three years old, and then that person passes away and she falls to a levered marriage with the brother, and the brother has what's called Yibum together with her, that's considered a viable halachic Yibum as well. She's three years old, and that gives her the status of Ma'asebiyah. The next words are, and her status, and Mahlok between Rashi and Tosafot, exactly what it's referring to, but either way you slice it, either in the engagement situation or the Yibum situation, she now has the status of Eshet Ish. And as a result, if a person has relations with her, what would that person's punishment be? It would be exactly the punishment that we always know. Behenek for that individual who's having relations with an Eshet Ish. What would her punishment be? Nothing. She's three years old. She's not a bardat. It's ama- not amazing. It's a, it's a crazy situation. It's a situation where the person who has relations with her, it's considered a ma'aseh biyah, but she, although she, quote, sinned, she's not a bardat. She's not able to appropriately understand the situation. She won't be punished uh, as a result. And then we talk about matters of Tum'ah very, very briefly. If a person has relations with a nida at a time and period during which Tum'ah was a real operative reality where this... uh, where this contamination, this spiritual contamination, was something that was taken into effect very often. You had the mikdash, you had kodashim, you needed things to be betahara, so you're very nervous about this. A person has relations with a nida, he has the status now, if he, if he himself now touches something else, if he himself now touches something else, he's considered avhatuma, which means that he's metameh, even adam vekelim, even other people and utensils. And it goes without saying, um, uh, ochalim mashkim, food and drinks as well. Now, furthermore, 
Or if he were to then lie, this person who had relations with the three-year-old who was Nida, okay, whatever, it's, it's, I don't know, I, I don't know, I, I don't know, in theory. Um, and now if this person goes to the top of, uh, you know, Princess and the Pea, goes to the top of a pile of, of mattresses, and he sleeps or he lies on the top one, so the halacha in such a circumstances, there's tumah that's imparted all the way down, mamash like princess and the pig. Now in such a circumstance, however, we say mishkav elyon is ketachton of zav, which means to say, again, very briefly, because it's not, not really our particular and specific issue over here, is that he's going to have the status of rishon tumah. So therefore, if the person were to lie on the top mattress, and there's many mattresses or clothing underneath him, the bottom one and anything that's in between gets a status of tumah, but not to the extent that we talked about when he was Av which was Adam Vekelim, rather Rishon Letumah, there's all terminology on another time, another, st- another situation we'll discuss in greater depth, of just for Ochalimu Mashkim. But for our purposes, the words, what, what do they mean? They mean that the status of the person who has relations with her is the status of Tumah, because that Bi'ah was a, quote, real Bi'ah, according to Halacha, continues the Niset Lekohen, we still haven't arrived at any proof for any of our issues, Niset Lekohen, let's say she gets married Married to a kohen, ochelet bitruma. She can then eat teruma. Of course, as a woman is married to a kohen, even if she herself does not come from a family of kehuna, she has the right to teruma. What is teruma? Teruma is what we were all obligated to give to the kohen. How much? Well, there's no measurement that's specified by the Torah. Which means say you could even give a minimal amount, an absolute minimum. The Hachamim gave a medium amount. They said a 40th of that produce should be given to the Kohen. But she's allowed to eat it. She's not allowed to eat it during the time of Erusin. Women during the time of Erusin, for one of two reasons, were not. And it means to say before they got actually married, when they were just engaged, they weren't allowed to eat the Terumah. For one of two reasons, either because we feared that the woman's Masechet Ketubodendaf, and elsewhere, the wo- woman is going to bring the tirumah back to her siblings, and by bringing it back to her siblings who are not kohanim, uh, they're going to be eating wrongful things, they're going to be sinning, or alternatively, he's going to find the man when he actually consummates his marriage together with her, simpon, he's going to find some blemish on her, he's going to invalidate the marriage, the engagement. As a result, she was eating tirumah, the isur, once she's married, once she's consummated in a regular fashion, we're no longer nervous about that. But for our purposes, it means that this individual could become uh, married to the extent she could eat betruma. Now, she's married, she's engaged, and ehad min pesulim uh, someone who's forbidden to her, an avid, uh, I don't know, non-Jew and so forth, has relations with her, just like if she was an adult in this circumstance, she now is three years old, hazita, in this circumstance, she's now invalidated to the kehuna. That's the halacha. What's that? We're not, we're not going to punish her. We're going to say her status now is that she had the with her hadmina pesulim. She isn't batat. We're not punishing her. We're at no point going to punish her. It's not a punishment. She's not. It's a fact. It's the, the reality is there, and from the age of three, should the reality. Here's our critical line: If any of the arayot, the forbidden relations, not the pisulim, the eved, the kuti, the nanju, and so forth, but rather arayot, who are the arayot? Familial relations. This is parashat haremot and kedoshim. Father, mother, all these circumstances, but additionally, remember, a part of that list, we included animals as well. Oh, that's going to be important, obviously, for our issue. What's the halachan situation if one of the arayot has relations with her? Mumatin al-yada. They, 
get killed because of her. Vihi petura. She is exempt. She's not about that. They obviously are. If, if they are. Well, that being the case, here's, our, here's what we derive. Our understanding is when we talk about the arayot, we're referring even to a behemah. What's happening in such a situation? She, we consider, not a batat. She's three years old. It's a ma'asebiya. So the person, the animal as well, will get killed. Isn't that similar to our Rav Hamnuna situation we began the day discussing? If a person, Bishogig, Charlie, easier over here, still disgusting and terrible, easier to conceptualize a situation where it's not Bemezit, she can't be Bemezit, she's a child. And nonetheless, what's the halakha? The animal's getting killed. So as Gemara, we solved Rav Hamnuna's ba'e. We started on line five. De ba'e Rav Hamnuna. If there's a circumstance of bishogeg, the relations with the animal, what's the halakha vis-a-vis the animal? The halakha, now we know, should be you kill the animal. So as the Gemara, v'ha'acha, in this circumstance. Or, or trying to learn to kill the animal when it's a shogeg case by the case of the three-year-old. Yes, because the three-year-old, the three-year-old is par- paramount to shogeg. Not... Yes. We, our Shogay case was Israel as well. We had two questions. Yesterday's question was, Oved Kochavim. Oved Kochavim habala behema kalon, there's not, takala there is. Mezit. Today's issue is the Yisrael b'shogeg. In that circumstance, you don't have takala, but you do have kalon. It is shameful in the future. It's a Yisrael individual. So now we seem to have proved from this situation of the three-year-old, where it's not mezid, she's not getting put to death, but you are killing the animal, that even in a situation where there's just kalon, not takala, why is it no takala, it's not mezid, she can't be mezid, she's not being put to death, you nonetheless are killing the animal. So as the Gemara... In the case of the arayot, is it mezid or shoget? On the arayot person, it has to be mezid. It has to be mezid. By animals, we don't distinguish, which is really our issue. But for the people, it has to be mezid. Otherwise, otherwise, they're not being put to death. So, well, the Gemara is assuming this. You're right. Nathan says she doesn't necessarily have, she herself doesn't have shame from that age, but there is shame already. And certainly to the family. Says Gemara, over here by this woman, the Kalon there is that shame. She is Israel. Takala leka. There's not takala. It's not considered mezi. It's not wrongful activity in a direct, purposeful fashion. Vikatanen. It says mumatin aliada. Answers the Gemara. Still a little different. Let's compare these two cases one more time. Situation number one is a Yisrael who's an adult bishogeg has the relations with the animals. Situation number one. We'll call the act not one which leaves lingering issues of takala. Why? It wasn't bemezit. This girl, she not, might not be about that, but she's three years old. Did she, does she know what was taking place? It might be a diminished consciousness. Does she know what took place? She knows what took place. Did she know it was prohibited? We are assuming she did know it prohibited. Says Jared, perfectly. We now, natanu divarenu leshi'urim. We have now made stages. We added a third stage. We have a bardat. We have Enobardat, and we have a Enobardat who can still do Bemezid, but it's Enobardat to be punished. That's what the Gemara answers. So the Gemara says over here, says the Gemara, Kevan de Mezidai, Mezida, so then why isn't she getting killed? Because she's Bachalosh. But then how's she Mezida? Because she is. And there's something in between with regards to, but again, it's more the mystery of what Takala is than anything else. Takala is, this is a stumbling block because it was a wrongful act. 
How am I defining wrongful act? That's what. That's right. No, it's very much so. That's exactly. Says the Gemara, Kevan de Mizidahi, Takala Nameika. There is Takala as well, since she herself, we could, outside of the strict halachic realm of putting to death, she's Mizidah. Well, what do you mean? If she's Mizidah, why don't we kill her? Rahmana hu dehas aleha. The only reason she's not punished is because the Torah has compassion for her. She's a young girl. We're having compassion. But technically speaking, that's what the Gemara is saying, she should be putting that, put to death. She's to the extent that we're considering her a bat dat in a technical sense, but not in a practical sense. It's a fascinating reality. It's, it's reminiscent, we've said it a hundred times, reminiscent of an ayin tahat ayin. Says, says Harambam, the way we interpret it very often, that's what you're supposed to be getting. Why does the Torah say ayin tahat ayin? So you're supposed to be getting... I can't really I can't really do that. It's the same thing over here. She's supposed to be putting down haram, hazita. That's right. We won't put her to death. She's three years old. But technically speaking, her act had the potency of Mezid to the extent that we could. The animal, has. That's the Gemara's suggestion over here. So you can't use this case to prove our issue, to answer the question of Rav Hamnuna, of a bardat, an adult who does a bishogeg, what you do to the animal. Are we really expected to believe that a three-year-old is doing that baby zid? To enough extent, says the Gemara. There's no way a three-year-old is doing that baby zid. No, no, I think it's better to say that. The reality, the fact fact is, though, something happened. So even though there's no mezid, She's supposed to have been put to death. We're it's considering her enough mature, technically speaking, had the Torah, quote, not had Rahmanut on her, has Aleya, we would be killed. And again, and again, and again, she doesn't have that. If she had that, we'd be killing her. So you're in this in-between. And again, it more than anything is addressing takala. It's less addressing her. It's saying this act, and yes, even her can... It's not enough. I, I hear you, Nathan. It's not enough because the Gemara calls her Mezid and the Gemara says she technically should be get killed. You're right. I tried that a lot of times already in this class. I said it's because of the Takala, because of what people are going to understand from the act. It's more than that. The Gemara is saying she is, so to speak, a quasi bat da'at. It's just the Torah which is lenient on her. You know what it does? Okay, it, it leaves us with lingering questions, but it does open up an understanding of this whole realm known as Hinuch from a halachic perspective. We say about children very often, there's a mitzvah either on the parent or on the child themselves for Hinuch. Before the age of 13, you're supposed to be mechanech them. Uh, but uh, 13, they're not 13 years old. To the extent that, according to many, it seems clear from the Gemara Masechet Sukkah, you need to do it in the way from a specific age that a gadol would fulfill the mitzvah. So for example, my father-in-law sells Arba'at Aminim. When my son was younger, he would give Pasul Arba'at Aminim for him. At a certain age, I said, they're not doing that anymore. He said, but it's not bar mitzvah. I said, but it's Gil gil Hinuch. But you say to me, okay, but he's not commanding the mitzvot. Why are you playing this game like that? Ah, you could stretch it. This statement of the Gemara, to a certain extent, gives you a certain understanding. We're saying they are mature enough to a certain understanding. It's not only mechanical, uh, you know, behavioral conditioning. There's a certain understanding. We're just not prepared yet to capitalize on it, to obligate them, because the Torah told us to think that way. Yeah. No, 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 not four. Over the age of 12. Okay, over the age of 12, her Baghdad kicked in to a different level where we kill her. Correct. Yeah, of course. Uh, so so this Baghdad got diluted now. 
Well, I, correct. Something else. Something else. But again, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, with that difficulty notwithstanding, at the same time we opened up something else. I'm, I'm saying this with a smile, but I mean it. We're now understanding the Hainuch better. Because we're now saying at that age, they are mature enough in a certain way to understand and to tap into. Fine. Uh, we're not going to... Tr- no. It, it won't make a difference. Generally speaking, it won't make a difference because we're talking only about them. Over here, it's about them and the animals, so now we have to question. In general, it won't matter. Once you tell me it's not about that, I say it's not about that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, you, a sophisticated person, could say, but she technically is about that. And I say, who cares? We're treating her as not. Anyways, Hana, in these contexts? I mean, what? To the extent that we're going to punish her because of the Hana? An assumption, yeah. certainly. No, no, I understand. I, I, I don't know. Lots of times the punishment is connected to the Hana. We saw that in the Gemara. Uh, so he, he's saying, so to speak, if you're going to consider it a Bardat, you're going to say, because they were involved in it and conscious of what this is bringing them. I think that's what he's on, on that direction. Which is generally speaking the way the, the Aharonim try to verbalize why does Hana have anything to do with it? Hana embeds you in this act. He says, well, she's further removed from it. Okay, I mean, either the assumption is there is Hana, or as Judah says, uh, not to that extent, where that we're going to. Anyway, says the Gemara, just one more attempt. On the flip side, we were just until now talking about that first Mishnah there in Andaf Mem Dalid or so in Masechet Nida. Now, uh, we, that was with regards to the young girl. What about the young man? Now, it's going to end in the same place. I'm just telling you before we read it quickly, it's going to end in the same place. We're going to attempt to bring a proof from the status of a katan, not a kitana, with the relations with the animal. And the response is going to be this funny in-between stage that he has a barda, he has that dot, but not to the extent that we're going to punish him. And that's why we're going to put the animal to death. So the exact same thing is going to play out right now, just just with regards to the man. Correct. 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 But we're, we're struggling with why does she deserve to if we're not doing it? So we assume the reason we're not is because she's. St- the Torah is being mekil. The Torah. We say the Torah. Says the listen to the following proof. We're no longer talking about the girl, we're talking about the young man or the boy. He has relations with his Yevama, the woman. His brother was married to a woman, and his brother passed away without children. He, the nine year old, now has relations with her. He has a quote, an acquisition. She now, vis a vis him, is not married. We'll discuss that in a moment, but she is to the status that. A, now he gets her Yerusha, he inherits her. And B, she now no longer needs to do Halitza, the other way out of this. He has Yevama, which was effective. It's not a full efficacy, because he's nine years old, we'll discuss in a moment. To the extent that he can't get married to her, we won't have Nisuin, but we'll have a beginning of what we call Ishut. That's what we call Kan'ali Inyan Yibum. So she's now, she's lingering. He did yibum with her. It was a, it was a, it was a halachic yibum, a ma'aseh biha. She's now connected to him, but he can't divorce her. Why can't he divorce her? He's not about that. 
And as a result, she's got to wait until he's 13 years. She's got to wait until he's a baradat, halachically speaking, to give her a get. Uh, so she says, I wish I never did this. All right, you had the option. We could have gotten out a different way. But we had relations. And this is the halachot we referred to earlier without getting into the details again. He, through this act of bi'ah, even though he's only nine years old, if he does it with a nida, he then has the, uh, has the status of imparting tum'ah in similar fashions to those that we mentioned earlier with regards to the tahton and ilion, referring to the lower mattress or garment and the higher one. Posil now his status furthermore is he can be posel a woman which means to say if he is a had min ha pesulim he is I don't know an avid he is a not really zav over here we want to be posel he is a mamzev he is one of these that he has relations with a woman that woman now is invalidated to the kehuna. But wait a second, he's not a baradat, but it was a ma'asebiyah. Furthermore, enom ma'achil, if he's a kohen and she's a Yisrael, and now she's, quote, involved with him and had biyah, she still can't eat terumah. Why can't she eat terumah? She's at most mekudeshet. She's not Nisuin. Nisuin needs a stage further. Nisuin needs a bardat. I'm, okay, give me one second. Uposelet a behema me al gabe misbeah, veniskelet al yado, vimba ala hat mikolarayot amorot batura mumatin al yado. So the Gemara then, the Mishnah fleshes out the last halachot with regards to this individual. His ma'asebiyah is a real ma'asebiyah. And the last one being the most important for us, if one of the arayot amorot batura has relations with him, although he doesn't get punished, he's not of age, they get punished. The ha kalonika. I have the same proof, don't I? Ultimately speaking, the animal is going to get killed based on him and based on him who did it. We can't say, he's a child. Nonetheless, the animal's getting killed. We've solved Rav Hamnunad's uh, quandary. It's conundrum. Kevan de mezitu takalana meika verahmana hu de has ilave dide ilave ale dide has rahmana behema lo has rahmana. Says the Gemara, it's one of these quasi in between situations. Again, on the one hand, he is a bardat enough to consider his act mezid. On the other hand, the Torah says, but we won't punish him. Does that therefore have bearing for our issue? It doesn't. Our issue is he's a bardat. He's a guy. He has relations with the animal, what's the status of that animal? In such a situation, we say, there's no takala. Over here, since the child has the capability of some mezid, there is takala. And I can't bring this as a, as a source to prove anything. Baruch Amen. Amen.